Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. About a hundred and, well, nearly, uh, nearly, just over 200 years ago now, William Paley wrote um, a very uh, famous book at the time called Natural Theology or Evidences of the Existence and Attributes of the Deity Collected from the Appearances of Nature. So this book, written back in 1802, Paley made a very strong argument for there being design in nature and he attributed the designer as God. And um, he, uh, however, pointed out that um, some of the uh, design features included tooth and claw as part of this design. Now, this was... Um, essentially saying, well, these animals that, like an eagle, it has sharp beak and claws, um, these were all part of the of the original design, even though today an eagle would use these to sort of catch animals and kill them for food. Now, Darwin, who read uh, Paley's book, realised that organisms have these design features that make them fit for the design for the environment and um, but also he he recognized that they caused pain and death and therefore he argued, thought to himself well he had a problem with this that um, if these were designed by god how could a benevolent designer um, design something that caused pain and death and um, he you know, probably grappled with this, and, and like many others too, it leads uh, some people to deny that God was the creator and designer and whether or not there is a, is a God. And uh, this can lead them to think, well, maybe there wasn't, you know, that God doesn't exist or the God of the Bible that's supposed to be loving, how could he do this? And, of course, one of the strong adherence to this view today is David Attenborough. Now, David Attenborough is a presenter of many amazing nature documentaries uh, produced by the BBC in England, British Broadcasting uh, Corporation. And um, he has used this argument that, okay, these, these animals, you know, are designed to be very efficient killing machines, you know, particularly cats, the big cats, even little cats, um, are very good at catching birds and and um, and killing animals and the big cats as well uh, with their claws and teeth and the way they're designed and their digestive system. And matter of fact, Attenborough is uh, uh, quoted from... Um, an article that appeared in the Sydney Morning Herald oh, quite a few years ago now, back in early 2000. Matter of fact, it was um, on uh, page six of the guide in March 24, 2003. But Attenborough was quoted as saying this, when creationists talk about God creating every individual species as a separate act, they always instance hummingbirds or orchids, sunflowers and beautiful things. But Attenborough then goes on to say, I tend to think instead of the parasitic worm that is boring through the eye of a boy sitting on a bank of a river in West Africa, a worm that's going to make him blind. And then Attenborough challenges creationists. Are you telling me that the God you believe in 
who you say is an all-merciful God who cares for each one of us individually. Are you saying that that God created this worm that can live in no other way than in an innocent child's eyeball? Because that doesn't seem to me to coincide with a God who's full of mercy. So that was Attenborough saying that then. And I, I think there are many people today that are using this argument to say that... Um, you know, this is evidence that, um, you know, how can you say this about Gobble? There's a couple of things that that um, come in into play in this, and this is the fact that, as Genesis points out, as we learn in Genesis, there was the fall. And when we read in Genesis 3, verse uh, 17, we see that God... Um, that spoke to Adam and he said, because you have indeed heeded to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and all uh, your toil and in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field. And so it goes on and so we know that um, there was this this curse, and later on we have the, uh, you know, Paul writes that all creation groans, and so in Genesis three seventeen to nineteen we read that the ground is cursed, and specifically there's this mention of thorns and thistles, and pain and sorrow, and of course, I, I guess we aren't told all the full effects of the curse. But the thing that follows on is, um, if we read in verse 19, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you are shall return. So this is where we see death um, is, um, um, is, is brought in there. But one of the other things that is often overlooked is when we uh, talk about these um, uh, things, and that is that in verse 30 of Genesis chapter 1, here, we read also, every to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. So we can see that right back in the beginning, the main uh, food was plants. Things didn't eat, um, you know, animals. Now, one of the very important uh, things to look here, and so I'm just uh, reading a commentary on this, it says in verse 30, God explicitly states also to every beast of the earth, to every bird in the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is earth, I've given every green herb for food. Literally in the Hebrew, the phrase, phrase in which there is life is nefesh chayaya. This phrase is translated living soul and is used in Genesis uh, chapter 1, 20 to 21 in Genesis 2.7, when referring to man and animals. However, this phrase is never used in reference to plants or invertebrate. And so when we think about this, the invertebrate would, for example, include bacteria 
And so one of the questions I know, a friend of mine uh, who was lecturing at a Christian college, uh, she was uh, challenged by one of the students in a, in a biology class or a microbiology class, you know, well, back did Adam and Eve defecate? Uh, because, you know, that's sort of getting rid of, uh, you know, bacteria and a lot of dead bacteria. And so um, we assume that those natural processes took, uh, took place. Also, the insects, which are invertebrate, um, you know, multiply enormously and um, they, um, and again, um, I've read other commentaries where these were considered as not having a soul, as to being more like little robots that that do things. Now, I don't know. Obviously, it becomes a, a question that um, creationists, you know, we don't have all the answers about these uh, particular things. Um, but it, it seems that um, back then the, the, the animals, like, you know, cats and lions and birds and these sort of things, uh, these sort of animals um, were originally, and the dinosaurs, they were all, all vegetarians. They were all plant-eating um, uh, creatures and probably just about everything ate plants. Now, and um, I was reading in uh, one uh, article where there have been instances where in zoos uh, where they've run out of food, they've fed... Um, um, Cats, for example, the big cats, lions and tigers, um, plant-based foods and fruit in particular, and they've they've survived survived quite well. Um, so now there's a lot of things that we don't know, but the evidence is that the thorns and the thistles, these things were a result of sin. And also, if God caused then thorns and thistles. Uh, um, uh, thorns to grow on the plants and spikes and this, this sort of thing at that time as the result of sin, then as a result of sin, um, maybe the these other changes occurred in um, animals as well um, so that, again, they could survive and, and control and preserve a balance in nature. The other thing that we observe in nature, of course, is, is a balance. There are ecosystems that all uh, depend on each other. So um, initially we saw when God created the plants first, the, the plants are able to uh, take ultraviolet light and use it to split water into hydrogen and oxygen, through the oxygen for animals to, to breathe and produce the hydrogen ion that can be combined then with carbon dioxide to produce uh, carbohydrates, uh, which then become the, the sources of, of food and energy for animals down through the system that eat the, eat the plants. And so here we see there's an amazing ecosystem uh, here and many of the plants, they have flowers so that the flowers then can produce the seeds uh, so that the plant can reproduce and those um, flowers require pollination by insects and so there are a whole there's a whole 
ecosystem that is required and the insects can live off the the plants or the you know the pollen and and so forth so there's an amazing uh, system there now at the present time of course there's been quite a lot of uh, or just recently uh, a lot of people have spoken to me about viruses and were viruses part of uh, creation and this of course raises a um, an interesting uh, question when we look at uh, viruses. Now, we know, for example, and there's been a lot of talk in recent times about the microbiome, and we know now that the microbiome constitutes the thousands of different types of bacteria that, um, that colonise us. Of course, some people actually may only have hundreds of different types of bacteria, but generally... It's now, it seems to be growing evidence that the greater variety of bacteria uh, living in our uh, digestive system, um, the healthier we're, we're likely to be. And there are all different types of bacteria. Of course, we know that um, these bacteria actually now play a role in our, um, in our health. Now, the other thing that we know is, of course, too, that we have a whole system of viruses that live inside us. We have a whole system of yeasts that live inside of us. And, of course, viruses are quite unique in themselves in that they're different from yeasts and bacteria, which are self-reproducing organisms that we would say are alive, in that they can multiply and reproduce, whereas viruses are essentially just a little piece of uh, genetic code of DNA that is encapsulated in some protein and it can enter a cell and switch on through parts of its code, become linked up with the uh, DNA in the cell and use that uh, the mechanisms within the cell to reproduce itself. Now, these um, viruses uh, actually play an important role in regulating bacteria because bacteria um, double every, you know, 20 to 30 minutes or, or so. They, they double, they, they reproduce, they split off and, and produce another uh, bacteria. So we've, uh, if there are so many bacteria around that over a long period of time, if they weren't held in check, they would just take over the world. And so viruses play an important role in keeping bacteria in check because viruses can, um, can kill bacteria. Um, these particular viruses that kill bacteria are called bacteriophages um, and uh, bacteriophages. And um, these, um, what happens is these uh, viruses can enter the bacteria and cause it to split open and release its contents. Now, this can be very significant in terms of our uh, nutrition because we know uh, that bacteria play a big role in helping us to digest some of the foods that we eat. They, As this food passes through us, um, the bacteria can um, process some of the food ingredients that haven't been processed earlier in the digestive system 
um, and absorb minerals and other nutrients and 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 producing themselves vitamins and so forth. And then the bacteriophages, um, bacteriophages can split open the bacteria and these nutrients then become available for us to be absorbed. Plus they control, seem to play an important role in controlling the levels of bacteria that we have us in us. In other words, they maintain the balance in the um, ecosystem. So viruses um, have this, you know, quite, quite interesting role. Um, there's been a lot of talk, of, of course, about the, uh, um, the uh, corona um, uh, virus that um, is affecting uh, people or has affected a lot of people and caused a lot of deaths in the world. Um, and this uh, particular virus is one where, where a normally a virus is, um, well, viruses can be coated with proteins and this uh, particular type of virus is also has a, a fat layer around the outside. And often when you see pictures drawn of the uh, corona CV-19 virus, they show little uh, little spikes sticking out. Now, those little spikes are little uh, proteins that are sticking out through the, the fat layer. And one of the interesting things about the um, these type of viruses, um, well, and we're just learning more uh, about these uh, types of coronaviruses like the SARS virus, for example, the some of the viruses have um, what we call virulence factors. And this is they have little pieces of code that when they um, go into an organism, they actually suppress the organism's immune system and uh, slow down the immune response. And that makes them uh, particularly dangerous because instead of when this foreign body, this virus comes in, the body recognising, oh, this is something I need to defend against and destroy, instead, that particular uh, mechanism, or one of the mechanisms like interferon, is actually um, suppressed. And so that gives the virus a longer time to be um, in the organism. One of the other fascinating things is that while we've talked about these viruses play an important role in controlling the bacteria um, in the digestive system, and of course we have viruses on our skin and in many different places that again there's this whole ecosystem between viruses and bacteria, is that uh, different uh, animals of course will have different ecosystems and different viruses that control the bacteria that are associated with their particular living system and so it's not hurting them. And it's interesting that the you know viruses like uh, HIV, which is supposed to come to humans from monkeys, a particular type of monkey, and uh, again with the um, SARS virus that was uh, supposed to come from a particular uh, bat, uh, back when that um, was uh, being studied there. 
it's interesting, and I find it very interesting if we read in Leviticus 11 that um, God told us that there were certain animals that were clean and other animals that were unclean. Now, the bacteria, the viruses that can be transmitted from one animal to, uh, or from animals to humans, uh, or from one animal to another animal, are called zoonotic. Uh, viruses, Z-O-O-N-O-T-I-C, zoonotic. And these are the viruses that are most harmful because obviously they are now in a totally new um, environment and um, our body may not have uh, adapted to to this and that's why they can be, uh, you know, particularly harmful uh, to us. And this is... Um, Again, some people say, well, were these created? Well, what can happen is we can have little pieces of pre-existing genetic code transferred um, across and that then changes the characteristics. So it's not so much evolution of a totally new code but a pre-existing code. And a classic example of this that maybe I can explain a little bit better is would be in the case of food poisoning bacteria. So... If we have um, there are bacteria that um, live in us and they're quite um, helpful to uh, to our uh, health, but these particular bacteria, in order to be able to survive in us, they have to have acid resistance genes. Otherwise, when we eat them, when they get down into the acids to the stomach, they would be killed. So the acid in the stomach in that way is a protective mechanism that helps protect us um, against harmful bacteria. But if one of these really good bacteria that we um, that we normally eat part of few food happens to uh, get transferred to it from a toxin bacteria from a toxic bacteria. So if we have a, a bacteria that's carrying the genes to produce a toxin and under certain conditions that a little pieces of, the genetic material of that bacteria, that bad bacteria can transfer into a good bacteria, that now good bacteria that would survive in us is now carrying the toxic genes and it now becomes a food poisoning bacteria. So whereas our body would not have allowed the bacteria with the toxin to get in, it would have killed it, um, that because this other bacteria now has acid survival genes, it can now get into us and poison us. And so it's a similar scenario, and we see this again throughout the environment. I remember um, many, well, decades ago now when the wood chip industry in Tasmania began uh, expanding and sending wood chips to uh, Japan for the paper manufacturer, the uh, Japanese uh, bulk carriers would come down in they didn't have anything to bring down, so they carried water or water ballast. And as they filled up their ships up in Japan so they were safe to travel out, out at sea, had more ballast, then when they got to Tasmania, they released the water from around Japan. Now, that water, unfortunately, carried some uh, of the uh, Japanese starfish. Now, the Japanese starfish was now in a new environment where there weren't the same predators and it soon took over in Tasmania and essentially destroyed the scallop industry in Tasmania. I remember seeing photographs of um, in the Derwent River in the entrance of Don Castro Channel, um, the floor of the uh, ocean or the sea there 
was like a desert and was just covered with these uh, these starfish. And of course, once they'd eaten everything that was there to be eaten, they began eating themselves. And so this is a case again of, of something being out of its natural environment. And I think with uh, it seems that the spread of uh, particularly these nasty viruses that are affecting humans have come about through eating foods that God never intended us to eat. And I did uh, hear one, um, I may have mentioned this uh, before, did hear a, um, a physician, a Christian physician saying that, uh, from his understanding that the biblical clean animals um, did not transfer uh, harmful viruses to, to humans. Um, and I think it's very interesting when we look at the, um, um, the Levitical laws there and even even the laws to, to wash too and to wash food and after handling a dead animal to, to wash our hands, um, it uh, again gives us evidence when you think that these instructions were written three and a half thousand years ago as God gave them to Moses at the time as laws for his people to ensure that God's people had um, good health and, and strength. So were viruses uh, created? <laughs> um, oh, as with all these things, it's hard to really um, know at, at creation. We know that um, it, it's highly likely that there were bacteria as part of our digestive system. Um, and if there were bacteria, there were probably viruses that helped control the level of those uh, bacteria because the death of bacteria um, would not be in included in the um, in that um, it was only the things that had the breath of life in them, so to speak, that uh, were considered um that didn't die at that time. So understanding the pre-fall ecosystem, um, we don't know exactly how it, how it worked. Um, and as I said, viruses in themselves aren't alive, they can't reproduce anyway. But after the fall, after man's sin, we know a whole lot of things changed. And only some of those curses are actually mentioned in the Bible. There would have been much, much greater number of, of, of changes that God had to make now that 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 sin was there, and that included that included death. But of course, God didn't want Adam and Eve to die. But Adam and Eve had fallen for a trick by Satan, where they'd accused God of being a liar. And of course, now where God had said, "If you eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will die." And of course, if God didn't let them die, then Satan could accuse God of being a liar. But God didn't want us to die. He really didn't want us to die. And so that's why God himself came as Jesus Christ and died in our place. And that means now that God is free to forgive us, but Satan can't accuse him of being a liar because God has paid the penalty in our place. And this is the fantastic good news of the gospel. And this is what needs to go to everybody out there as soon as possible um, so that no matter what happens, they can have that assurance that one day they will be with God.
and God is going to create this amazing new earth where there won't be any bad viruses and any bad things being uh, killed and bad things happening. And that is something wonderful to look forward to. Remember, too, you can um, listen to uh, this program again or earlier programs by Googling 3ABN Australia, or one word, .org.au, and click on the Listen button. You've been listening to Faith and Science. I'm Dr John Ashton. Have a great day. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.